Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes, the playbook. We're bringing our coaches' insights directly to our community. And uh, for for those of you that can't see, we don't have the videos up yet, but uh, Coach B is literally in nature. And uh, it looks peaceful. And honestly, B, it sounds really good, too. It doesn't sound like there's anything in the background. So um, I'm sure the audio will come out good. But it's just cool to see you in, in this setting. It almost looks like one of those uh, those Zoom backgrounds where you just kind of head <laughs> right, into, right into a nice hiking trail. But, um, but yeah, Coach B, it's... Uh, Today is an interesting one because I think it, it dives into a lot of our previous conversations, but there's a little bit of a new angle that you wanted to bring up today. And um, as we're talking before, I'm like, man, there's there's a lot of good stuff here and it's really applicable to myself. And, um, you know, as I'm starting to, to think about it a little bit more and more, I think this is something that a lot of people um, at some point in their life, like this becomes a, a huge topic for them to figure out both internally, yeah. but also to figure out um, how it like affects their life and how it affects their day to day and how those those things come together for building out who they are as a person and uh you mentioned you know some good things and, and the, the big conversation today will be on um negotiating with yourself and i mm-hmm. think that you know like where, where my mind goes with that is you know there's times where maybe it's your parents maybe it's early role models they kind of help you understand a certain like core beliefs and core value mm-hmm. system and there's there's things that you just kind of grow up with and uh and you kind of mold into and as you get older it becomes like a little bit more clear a little bit and that work uh concrete and um but there's also times where things will happen and and you're kind of forced to um have this like internal dialogue and, yeah. and you're kind of forced to um make choices right and i think that uh it's a lot of things that, that we talk about and things that you mentioned these are things that we have to do um every day but also for the rest of our lives we have to make these choices but there are certain ones where um it could be something as small as like what somebody's going to eat for dinner and does that yeah. go against you know, their goals and their what they have kind of planned out for themselves. Or it could be, you know, a, a lifestyle change. It could be an employment, a work change. Um, it's a it's a conversation that I think is really relevant for me because um, being in being in NFTs and crypto and Web3, there's, there's a lot of like, you know, kind of a vision, um, kind of an ideal scenario where we come together and, and we're able to build something alongside the team. Um, but then there's all these like different distractions in there, right? And these distractions, they come at you really fast and hard and, and it kind of makes you, you know, on one end, maybe you think you're doing something really strong and think you're doing something really well, but, and then you kind of pull back the layers and realize that um, maybe this isn't my best time spent, or maybe mm. this, this, uh, this action or what I'm doing maybe doesn't, uh, fit my narrative or how I want to be known or, or my reputation. And so there's, there's all types of these, like, I don't know, I guess like almost like internal battles and conversations with yourself. And, um, I think what's really been helpful for me in, in this case is, um, having good people around me. I think that are constant reminders. Yeah. Um, I think it's, um, people that, uh, they're at a high level to help you kind of bring you back to, um, you know, why we're here in the first place and, and what our purpose and what our mission is. I think that that's what's so powerful about these community aspect of, of NFTs and crypto is because, you know, if you find the right group of people and, and we all, we're all pushing towards the same mission, it's, it's a great reminder to yeah. kind of keep you, keep you, um, you know, moving towards that North star. But something that you mentioned is, you know, as an athlete, as a, as a employee, as, um, as a parent, there's, there's non-negotiables, right? There's things that mm-hmm. you got that are just set and it's just, it's, if anything goes against it, you know, you're going to start to find your way really quickly, but I'm kind of curious, you know, what comes to mind for you when we mm. talk about 
negotiating with ourselves and we talk about these maybe just new topics or, or new opportunities that come up and you're just like you know maybe it's not such a concrete core belief system it's somewhere in between um what does it mean to you like where do we start when it comes to negotiating with ourselves yeah i think it's a um it's a great place to start and i know we've talked about non-negotiables a number of times on the pod and a different number of different episodes and our non-negotiables are almost like the rules that we kind of make with ourselves, or the the values that we really uh, want to live by. Um, it could be as a manager, it could be as a coach, it could be as a leader, um, or just things that we decide to do for ourselves. And now what I want to do is kind of look at it from the opposite angle and not necessarily just our non-negotiables, but how do we, and everybody does it at some point in their lives, some people do it more frequently than others, but how do we negotiate with ourselves? And when I talk about negotiating with yourselves, think about it in a sense where you're talking yourself out of doing something that's good for you or something that you know you should do. You know, and and don't beat yourself up about it, but just understand that this is completely normal to do. But understand though too is whenever you negotiate with yourself with yourself, you're sabotaging any sort of change that you wish to create for yourself or create for others around you. Um, you know, and change, we talked about change before too, but you know, we know change is hard. We know change is scary. We know change is uncomfortable, but if we desire any level of growth, we know change has got to be necessary. And then when we're changing and when we're experiencing all these things, like we, we know that there's going to be frustration, there's going to be fatigue, uh, there's going to be fear, um, and there's going to be failures. But if you keep going, greatness usually lies on the other side of that frustration, that fatigue, that fear, and that failure. And so the point of what we're trying to talk about today and the topic that we really talk about is when we experience those moments, how to be aware so you don't talk yourself out of doing things that you need to do for the change that you desire, right? If We've said this before too. Like if there's something that's really important to you or important to the people around you, are you willing to try to create that change for yourself to become the best version of yourself? You follow? Yeah, I think when when we talk about um, the the non-negotiable factors, I think that it's something that like I don't know why, but it, for me, like I immediately go to like small little habits. Um, I think this is something that you mentioned uh, pre-show, but um, like creating those excuses, like I think of that, I think of that yeah. uh, quote where people are like, you know, you either have an excuse, either do it and and you like commit to it or you'll find an excuse or you'll find an excuse mm-hmm. for something that you truly don't want to do. And um, I think, I think the conversation, you can even go back even one step further into like the intention of like, what is this for? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is it truly that important yeah. to you? Are you doing this because somebody else might think, you know, it could be good for you or somebody else might think, uh, highly of you if, you if you do something like this and so I think that that's where my mind goes um, is if you truly wanted it you would figure out a way or, or you'll make the excuse that's kind of where, where where my mind goes with it um, like there's so many times where it's I think it's and the reason why I said earlier it's good to have people around you is because I think they somebody that truly cares about you like they can just see right through um, any type of excuse right or they can they can almost find a way to like just cut through and say like okay, yeah, you could do that, but it's like, you know, or the reason you didn't get up early was a certain reason. It's like, it, and, and they just help and they bring you back to remind you. It's like, okay, I think you're just overthinking this a little bit. I think that, you know, these excuses and 
it's also in a way like momentum, right? Like you can create a bunch of excuses and then it becomes easier to make excuses, excuses and yeah. help yourself out of it or, you know, stay disciplined to the point, you know, where, um, it becomes a skill that you work on. It becomes, I, I think, um, the book, um, Trevor Moad's like mutual thinking book. He talks a lot about how, you know, your self-talk has a lot more influence over outside factors. Mm. And I think it's so easy for somebody just trying to pull a quick outside factor and be like, oh, this is the reason why, or mm. um, I wasn't able to do this. And it's like, there was some, there was some moment during that day where they spoke to themselves and said, Hey, you know, <laughs> might not get to this workout or uh, might not get to this task or, um, instead of having this like very clear and conscious voice in your head and having this ability to talk to yourself and be like, you know, these are the three things I need to do today. Uh, this looks like the toughest one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start right here and, and try to knock this one out. Right. Um, I think it's super easy to say like the day got away and, uh, you know, I, I got distracted or something else came up or a phone call came up. Um, and so that's, I guess that's what comes up for me, B. but, um, on the, on what are the rules for, like, let's just go to like, your job and like where you see this with athletes um oh. you know are there other times are there examples where uh you can you can like literally see really? like an athlete like negotiate with themselves yeah maybe it's during a workout or maybe it's like even just showing up to to the workout um you know how, how do you tackle it when you start to see like when you could be that person how kind of cut through the excuses um you know how, how does that process look for you yeah i mean a classic example is like in the in the summertime sometimes um that's where we are right now. And a lot of the training is, is voluntary, meaning that they don't have to come in, right? They don't have to show up. It's nothing's mandatory. And um, not that I hear this one often, but this excuse comes to the top of my head is like, you know, I'm tired today. I'm going to go to the beach and hang out with my friends. You know, I, uh, you know, I, you know, my, or I'm tired today. Like, uh, and it's hot outside. I'm just going to sit inside and watch Netflix. I don't want to go condition. I don't want to go on that run. Or, you know, th uh, this one's a classic, right? That ice cream looks so good, right? That ice cream is so good. You know what I mean? I'll probably just work out for like an extra 30 minutes, just a little bit longer. And usually when we're trying to create the these non-negotiables, we're trying to create this institute of change, it's because there's too many choices, right? There's way too many choices and these choices become distractions. And what we need to do is create the habit, create the attitude and create the mindset where we try to remove those move remove those excuses as much as we can, you know. Instead of giving yourself an excuse, which tends to be very much uh, preventional, right? We're preventing ourselves from doing what we need to do, and sometimes based in emotions. Try to give yourself more reasons, right? Promote and prioritize the reason why you should do something, and the opposite of emotion. Emotional tends to be a little more logical, right? So we try to make these reasons to say, hey, if you do this, give yourself a reason to, to, to go train today because you're going to improve your cardiovascular system. And if you improve your cardiovascular system, you're going to not be tired, right? If you're not going to be tired, you're going to be able to display your skills longer. If you're going to be able to display your skills longer, you give yourself a better opportunity to move up the depth chart because you're, you're not going to get tired in practice in front of coaches. So we try to create more logical-based systems and logical-based reasons. So the same thing about like, hey, I love ice cream too. Ice cream is one of my favorite things to have, but I know it's probably not the best thing to have every single day. I know if I eat ice cream every single day, my, it's going to affect my blood sugar, right? In fact, my blood sugar, it's going to affect my my energy for the for the workouts I'm going to have. Maybe it's going it, to introduce or maybe it's going to have more calories that I need in my diet and that's going to affect where I want my body weight and my body composition to be. And 
that could be a hindrance to the way I move and that could be a hindrance to the way I feel and that could be a hindrance to my ability to perform at a really high level, right? So we just try to make these these connections with an athlete or with a client to get them to truly understand like instead of making these excuses and negotiating yourself on why you think you need to do something or why you think you shouldn't do something, give yourself the reason why you should do it. So it's almost like really just spinning something on its edge Instead of looking at it from a glass half empty perspective, let's look at it in a half glass full perspective and let's see, show you what it could mean for you. Um, but you know, the other part of it though, Drew, is really getting people past short-term thinking, right? Because the short-term thinking allows you to make excuses because you don't see the long-term of what these the small little habits, these small little ste simple steps do over the course of time and how that's going to really impact your performance or impact the way you feel, impact the way you move, and truly impact the way you think, right? And so having this long-term thinking uh, of delaying gratification for the long-term is really going to be able to um, really institute that change we talk about, right? But like anytime you negotiate with yourself, you know, I challenge everybody truly that's going to listen to this episode is, is understand and try to be aware of uh, these moments when you're when you're making these excuses for yourself, right? When you're negotiating yourself and you're talking to yourself why you shouldn't do something that's beneficial for you. And yeah. and be aware of the words you use, right? You talked about it perfectly like with the, with the words and the self-talk. Like, be, like, anytime you say just because, tomorrow, maybe, like those are exact words where you're just making excuses for yourself. Again, just because tomorrow, maybe like there's one thing I'll tell athletes all the time is yesterday you said tomorrow, right? When they said, oh, I'm going to come in today and do something and they don't show up. And then I said, well, I said yesterday you said tomorrow. So when are you going to do it? You know, and it's just truly getting them to understand like they, they are in power and they own every step of their journey, just like we do, right? The decisions we decide to make, you got to own them, right? You can't make excuses for them. You got to own the decisions you decide to make. And at the end of the day, you got to be comfortable making those decisions. Well, one of the things that you mentioned, I think, you know, the two that stand out are um, having awareness of the long-term effects, mm -hmm. right? Like something so simple, but like the long-term effects of like getting up a little bit earlier and getting a workout in um, when in the short term, and yeah. when I feel better, just lay in bed for 30 more minutes or so, right? But um, so I think awareness of the long-term play, I think is critical. Um spinning it into why you should do it versus why you shouldn't. I think that that's like your, your life, like you will be more happier. Your life will be better if you can spin negative into positive. Mm. Right? Like I think that that's, that's kind of what it reminds me of is like, this is why I shouldn't do it. But if you can, if you can train yourself to, to start to position and spin it, um, I, I think that that's critical. Um, something else that you kind of threw in that was, uh, I think part of this conversation is, making decisions when you're emotional versus making decisions mm -hmm. when you're feeling, you know, when you're feeling logical and you're feeling like, you know, things are under control. And this might be, um, this might be like a, a, in the passion during sports type of thing. It could be maybe when you're feeling a little bit, uh, sad or, or you're feeling off and, and you start to make decisions and let that kind of dictate. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious on your end, how, how you would attack. So, and, um, I think it's just a bigger conversation of like, how are we able to make choices and get to a place where we can think clearly to make a, a choice and, and have this better self-talk versus um, maybe just making it, you know, here at the moment, making a decision and, and kind of living with it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think there's a clear distinction to try to understand the difference between having emotions versus being emotional, right? The way I look at it, look at it is emo being emotional is a lack of control of your emotions. Emotions make up your identity. Emotions make up your character. Emotions are what, what make you a human being. It will make you alive, right? Like to feel sadness, to feel empathy, to feel joy, to feel humor, to like to laugh. Like those are all emotions that we should be able to to experience and we have we have the the ability to experience those things when i think of being emotional it's a lack of ability to control any of those feelings right, right? and ultimately understanding that we are in complete control of our feelings at all times and not making excuses where you're letting other things around you control your feelings um the best example i could give you is my dad passed away 10 years ago now and um, the time that he passed away, I, I was very emotional, right? I, I was, uh, we knew it was coming. Um, he had brain cancer and we knew it was coming. So it wasn't very sudden, like we knew it was going to happen. Um, and I was emotional. Um, but I had the ability to reflect. And I said, what good is it going to do me and to everybody around me if I continue to stay in the state that I'm in right now? It's not going to help me and it's not going to help anybody else. And we, I remember we, we had the funeral and, you know, uh, we had a little celebration and all, and, and all the events that go along with it. And my wife and I are driving back home and she's like, are you okay? And she's like, and I said, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like, she's like, you're not crying. You're not, you're okay. And I said, well, I've made the decision that like my dad's not coming back. So I've made the decision to celebrate his life and to, instead of to, to mourn his life. Right. So I can pass along the things that he taught me to to my children, to the people that I have a daily impact with, because my dad had a great life, you know, and he impacted a lot of a lot of people in lots of different ways. And instead of it being emotional, I took the time to have emotion, but I just chose to look at his death in a different way, you know, and um, it uh, some of it, it, it comes down to your ability to reflect, like you talked about before, your ability to pause, reflect, and look at things from a logical way and give myself reasons to celebrate his life instead of give, giving myself excuses why he was no longer here, right? It's incredible because it's, it's such a, it's an impactful story because um, it has one of the, you know, most sad moments in somebody's life, right? But your ability to to position it and to um, not ignore the emotion, to, to feel the emotion, but to to you know logically think like, is this going to affect other people? Is, you know, mm. me being upset, me being sad is you know. I think there's there's obviously a grieving period, but um, there like has to be. There has right. to be. You have you have to be able to to feel that emotion. You have to be able to. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, when you felt it, you kind of found this like you found this way um, that I think could potentially be coping and healing for yourself, mm -hmm. which was to, to choose to focus on the good and the positive yes. and, and you know, what he left with you and, and, and the world. Um, it's just, it's really interesting to me because I think um, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think a lot of it is momentum. Like mm. I think a lot of people, like they get into this mode where they think about one bad thing and, it could spiral and it keeps going. Like it keeps like the spiraling keeps going. And I think that what's important is like, I mean, there's times I've been upset recently where I've just taken two or three breaths and I'm just like, 
you know, just reset her. And then let's just think about this, you know, instead of, you know, continue to harp on it, like, let's just take a moment here and try to, you know, lack of better words, get back to neutral. And I think that yeah. that's, that's why that, that book, I think stands out to me so much is because, um, it allows you or not allows you, but it kind of gives you this instruction to, um, be able to take a step back, breathe and, and relook at it, you know, relook at it maybe in, in a different perspective. And that perspective is still you. Yes. It's just a different mindset. It's a different, um, state of, of mind. And I think that that's really impactful for myself is like, you know, going back to priorities, going back to what's important to you and, um, letting that kind of guide you through some of the decision-making and, and, and negotiating that, that we've been talking about on this podcast. Um, is there anything else, B, is there anything else like when it comes to, to self-negotiation? I mean, you mentioned a lot of good things. You know, the things that stand out to me are um, being able to spin and focus on why you should do it versus why you shouldn't. Um, have a more long-term impact mindset versus what is it going to do for me in instant gratitude you know, type of fashion. Um, anything else that comes to mind for you when it comes to you know how can we best effectively studying itself and negotiate with ourselves yeah. so that we're really setting ourselves up for success. Yeah, I think um I don't want to leave like on such a like a heavy note talking about my father's death at the end like but where you know some I just want to give a couple examples to like maybe a little more health and fitness related like right to where we can kind of self-negotiate with ourselves is you know I've had numerous times when when an athlete will say you know I'm kind of like a little tired today like like maybe um Maybe I should just recover. Maybe I should just, you know, maybe not train today. And I'll say, how about we do this? How about we, you know, we'll warm up for 10 to 15 minutes. We'll see how you feel. And then we'll decide at that point. And they're like, okay. And probably 90% of the time, they'll say like, wow, I feel way better today. I feel way better right now. Let, like, let's, let's, let's get a quick lift in or let's do this. Let's do some speed. You know what I mean? Where if you give the opportunity to just move for a little bit, you generate a little bit of momentum for yourself, right? And there's a lot of physiological things that are happening that we won't get into, but for the standpoint of this, like where that momentum, that act of giving yourself a reason or somebody else helping you through that process initiated some positive change where you can build some momentum for yourself or even just making nutritional choices, right? And understanding like, I'm going to eat some, you know, some lean protein, some fruits and vegetables and understand how I feel versus even eating, you know, a heavy burger, burger and fries and understanding how I feel that way. Like, and so when you start to make these small little choices and you start to understand how you feel and recognize them, you're giving yourself reasons to continue to feel a certain way to build that momentum that you talked about. And the, the best way to go about this, and we can end on this one too, is, is really be aware of the words you use. Like we kind of mentioned before, like be aware of using the words just because tomorrow, maybe, um, and understand if you're making excuses for yourself rather than give you reasons, but try to create systems, right? Plan, plan, plan. Like we don't want to live like, live like robots by any means, but you know, you got to be able to plan, plan your days, plan your weeks, plan your, you know, plan your next couple months. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what do you want to do? You know, set goals for yourself, journal. Uh, the, probably the easiest way too is just make good use of a calendar, whether you like to use iCal or whether you like to write things down. Um, it, that's the best way to formulate plans for yourself, uh, to try to create the change that you that you desire. Yeah, I think one last thing I'll throw in there. This is something that I recently did. Ian, I, I told you guys about it, but 
um, you know, I wanted to really clean up my diet because I didn't want to put myself in that position where maybe excuses could pop up or maybe you know, I, I'm, I'm forced to choose uh, one way or the other. And I think I told you guys, but you know, I decided to do chicken and broccoli, same meal twice a day for a few weeks. And um, it just kind of reminded me earlier what you're talking about is, you know, it, it kind of, I, I put myself in a position where I, I almost am excuseless. Like there's no, you know, I don't have to make a daily decision on my nutrition. I don't have to um, decide how much I'm going to eat or how mm-hmm. little I'm going to eat. It, it was just there. It was just, and so not saying that everybody needs to do that or, or, or even go to that extreme, but I think there is something to say about putting yourself in a position where, you know, you are setting yourself up for success by not having to make these different choices. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what you're saying is like get organized and, and make a plan and, and have something that you can stick to. Um, but this is a great episode B, um, I think gave us a lot of good information about, um, you know, the, the psychology behind it and, and how we can really, um, spin it, spin some bad into good, or if it's not for ourselves, maybe how we can help others. I think that that's another reason why this, this episode was so powerful, but, um, appreciate everybody for tuning in and catch everybody next week.